I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. How many of you guys know what Daniel chapter 6 is? The lion's den. That is an incredible chapter. We're going we're gonna to jump right in. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the things you've spoken to us thus far. Those things would be set up, this solidified in our own hearts. They wouldn't just be going in one ear and out another, God, but that we would really take an evaluation of our own lives. That we would learn, God, to set our priorities in order. And that the character of our lives would guide our decisions. That you would guide, God, our thoughts, our steps. And so, God, we just come once again, God, asking for you to give us your wisdom, your insight, and that you would, Lord, transform us as men. That we would stand as a light in the midst of darkness. Give us the ability, God. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Daniel began his life in captivity at a very young age. And, and I think one of the things that impressed me about Daniel is you, Daniel, at most believe between 13 and 15 years old when he was taken from Jerusalem, carried all the way to Babylon, and Daniel makes a stand at the very beginning of his life. And, and I, I think that's an encouragement. I know a lot of you young guys here today thinking, man, I'm, I'm just 13, 14, 15 years old, and I still got my whole life in front of me. Let me, let me tell you something. If you, if you make your stand now, you'll be able to make your stand later. But if you don't make your stand now, man, it impacts everything else that's going to happen afterwards. I know that firsthand. You see, I, I, my, my mom got saved when I, when I was about 10 or 11 years old. I had given my life to the Lord when I was 12, 11, 12 years old. And, and, and I remember, man, God had touched me powerfully. Had a pretty rough dad growing up, very violent, very, very, you know, a lot, lot of abuse going on uh, in, in, in our home. And I remember get, coming, coming to the Lord. I just knew, man, th this, this, is what's, this is right. But I wanted my dad to go to heaven. So I, I, rem I remember having dreams that our whole family was in heaven and my dad was going to hell. I had dreams. And I remember one night just saying mom was going to church and I remember one night staying back with dad and you know what, I'm gonna share with dad tonight. I'm gonna tell dad he's gotta get right with God. And you know, here I'm a 12-year-old boy trying to convince dad that he needs to repent from sin. My dad was a product of, of, of the 60s. Smoke pot, drank beer every night, did anything else, acid, you know, I mean, you, you name it. My, my, dad, my dad, free and love and peace. And that night, I stood with my dad, and I remember weeping, saying, Dad, you got to get right. Jesus is coming back. My dad, he was my hero. Even though he was what he was, he was my hero. My dad said, your mom's brainwashing you, kid. He took me to the back bathroom. I remember it to this day. He lit up a joint and me and him got high. And for the next 10 years of my life, 
drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality. I remember, I remember when I was 23 years old, man, I, I had hit bottom. I was basing coke. I was, I was just out of my mind. And I remember being at Pastor Rawls' church, God speaking in my heart, giving my life to the Lord. And I remember just saying, I, I wish I could get those 10 years back. I, I wish that somehow those things that, that destroyed my mind, the images, the, 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 the drugs and everything else that, that just messed with me, I, I wish that somehow I could go back and change it. I couldn't. And so you young guys, understand something. There's a, there's a price to pay. Don't, don't think, of, well, when I get older, then I'll serve the Lord, man. There's a price to pay. And God, by his grace, is able to redeem. But you don't have to go down that road, man. If you're a young man here, man, I, I, Dan, Daniel, what, what, that's, that's the example you want to follow. Here, here he was, 12 years old. If you get, get the opportunity, go read chapter 1. And Dan, Daniel stood up and he says, you know what? We're not going to defile ourselves with the king's delicacies. We don't want his wine. We don't want his food. Just give me vegetables and water. And, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll be good. And God honored it, man. And he gave the favor with, with, with the eunuchs that were over him. And it says that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego excelled more than everybody else. Because they didn't touch the wine and they didn't touch the food that, they would, def- that would be defiling them. By the time we get to chapter 6, Daniel, somewhere in his 80 to 90 years old. And so, you know, you might be here and you, you might be in that group. You know, the young guy's going, man, I, you know, I got my whole life in front of me. Daniel's at the end of life. And, and even at the end of life, man, he's saying, I'm not going to compromise my faith for anybody. That's a man of character. It's a man who developed character from, from, from early childhood all the way to, to the end of his life. And, and, I, and I think if anything else Daniel speaks to us is that you can live a godly life in spite of your culture. You can live a godly life in spite of everything that's going on around us in the evil age that we're living in. You want, you want to talk to someone that could have had an excuse to just compromise? This, this is the guy. Well, everyone's doing it. Who's ever going to find out? And Daniel, man, would not give in to the culture. As you come to chapter 6, we find out a little about, about his character. Remember, he's, he's 80, 90 at this point, somewhere, somewhere you know, late 80s, early 90s. He had been in captivity, uh, but excelled in, in, in that position very, very greatly. But watch what it says in chapter 6. And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one of them and the satraps might give account to them so the king would suffer no loss. No, 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 notice here's Darius. He, was, he, was, he had just been put into power. He's the Mede king. And, and something was different about Daniel. He put him in the top three. Guys, of all, 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 out of all of the kingdom, he says, Daniel and two other guys, I want you to give an account of everything going on in my kingdom so that no one else is ripping me off. And, and, and he, puts, he puts Daniel in that position. Guys, something was different about Daniel, his character, 
his integrity. He knew that whatever was in Daniel's hand wasn't going to be squandered. It wasn't going to be stolen. It wasn't going to be something that, and, and I think what, what, what a message for us as men, as Christians, men, guys, you and I should have the most integrity of anybody in the workplace, in the home. But no, notice, notice what happens. Verse 3. And Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. You see, even amongst the top guys, Daniel now is rising to the top because there was an excellent spirit of him in him and we know that there was the spirit of God that was in him. And that's, that's what set Daniel apart. He, he, was, he was in Babylon, idolatry everywhere, and there was something different about him because he had the spirit of God living in him, an excellent spirit. And he was sensitive to the spirit of God working in him. And it's interesting that the king is pondering, look, of all these guys I got here, he says, you know what, Daniel's, Dan, Dan, I'm, I'm gonna put Daniel, and he says he was thinking about putting him to the top. You know, whenever God exalts a man, and there's going to be those who want to destroy that man. Because Daniel, at this point, was being acknowledged for his integrity. No, 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 notice that the fourth verse, and, 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 and or I'm sorry, the, the, the fifth verse now, um, No, verse 4. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Wow. I mean, can, can you imagine? These guys were probing. Is there anything in Daniel's life that we can use against him so that we can diminish his integrity? That, that was the question. And guys, I, I'll tell you, you and I are living in a time where, you know, you, you start to be a faithful man. There's going to be those that are looking for things. I'll I tell you, and, and in our day and age, there's, there's nothing secret. <laughs> the, governor, the government's got records of everything. Every website you ever go to, I guarantee you, it's, 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 in the, it's on the internet. Every email, every text, it's all being documented, it's all being recorded. Think about that. Ask Hillary. <laughs> it's out there, brother. And, and what, what's interesting is you, is you, is you look, look at his character, it says that he excelled that there was no fault found in him. And because of it, man, not, not, not only was his peers acknowledging that, but God acknowledged it, who sees all things, who knows all things. And God knew that this was a man that could be trusted, and yet his peers acknowledged, man, if, if, if Daniel continues with the favor that he has with the king, man, that he's gonna be the head over all of us, and no one's gonna get away with anything because Daniel doesn't play the game. It's pretty heavy. 
As you look at his life, you see that persecution now is coming because of his beliefs. And, and so the, the, these guys are plotting something. And, and you know, notice, notice verse, verse 6 here. It says, so the, so the governors, actually verse 5, I'm skipping whole verses. He says, and these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. He goes, if we're going to trap him, it's got to be something that's going to make him compromise his faith because he'll never do that. And they, they, they understood that this was Daniel's character and this was Daniel's position on everything and then go to verse seven, um, verse six now. <laughs> he says, so the governor and the satrap thronged before the king and they said unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and, and ministers and satraps, the counselors and the advisors had consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Wow. Well, you know, these guys said to the king, look, king, everyone's been in agreement about this, this thing. We should, no one should pray to anybody. No one, no one should could cry out to anybody except for you, okay? Now, what were they doing? They were playing on, on his pride and his ego. King, you're the best. And let's just make a little decree that if anybody prays to anybody but you, King, well, then we'll just throw them into the lion's den and they'll be eaten live. I think, I think Darius, in his pride, bought the lie that somehow he was, he was going to be exalted to this place and, and everyone would acknowledge just how great he was. And, you know, be, be careful when someone comes up and starts kissing up to you. There's, there's always an ulterior motive. <laughs> and they were, they were kissing up to old Darius, made this decree, and, and this, this is what's heavy, guys. I was looking at this text. I was like, man, what they did is they drafted legislation in order to silence Daniel. They drafted legislation that could not be changed. They got all the way to the Supreme Court and said, okay, from now on, man, this should never happen. If anyone prays, anyone but Darius, then uh, they, got, they got to be killed. And right now, you and I are living in a time, guys, where our faith is being challenged. It's being challenged in every arena, in the workplace, in, in the public square. You're, you're fine to stay in your little four walls, and as long as you're in your little four walls, you guys do whatever you want to do, but don't take it outside your four walls because, because then there's going to be a price to pay. And either we're going to stand up and do what God has called us to do, or we're going to shriek back, and we're just going to pretend that, you know what, well, I can still pray, but I'll just pray uh, kind of to myself now. I'll just do it under, under, without anybody knowing. They can't stop me from praying. I'll just do it, you know, with my eyes open, and I'll just do it uh, under my breath. We, right, right now, we, we, we've, and, and our church has had um, Bible studies going in, in about 11 schools throughout Belen and Las Lunas. We, we, we've, we've had an after-school program where we're going to 11 schools, and they drafted legislation that said, 
if, if anyone's gonna come into the schools, it's gonna cost $400 per semester, per school, for you guys to meet in our school. I said, all right, if, that's, if everyone's gonna do it, then we'll do it. And we were paying $400, you know, close to you know, $4,000 a semester in order to have our Bible studies in the class. And, and we come to find out after a year and a half that we were the only ones they were charging. All the other clubs, every other program was coming in for free. It was just us paying the bill. And we said, oh, you know what, man? You guys are discriminating. We got a lawsuit going against the Blunt schools right now. Because what they're doing is against the law. And I, what they expected is to just roll over and say, oh, okay, we'll just, you know, whatever you guys want. And, and guys, I, I, here, here's the deal. And here's what I, when I, I think what we, we see in the life of Daniel is that Daniel didn't care what, the, what, what man says. He was more concerned about what God says. And I think that's got to be the thing in our own lives. What does God say? When it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to living out your faith, man, what does God say? And are we, are we going to buckle just because our culture tells us that it's not acceptable or it's offensive? I don't say you do it with a, with a bullhorn on a corner, man. I'm saying you do it in love. And you do it with grace. And you do it with compassion. And you do it because you care. But, but, but Daniel is being silenced according to them. But when, whenever you get put in that circumstance or situation you find out that even though that was their plan, God had a different plan. You see, Daniel at this point doesn't change a thing. Look at, look at verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his window open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and he prayed, and he gave thanks before his God, and uh, as was his custom. Check this out. Since early days. Wow. Daniel knew that the writing had been signed. He, it didn't matter of fact, remember, Daniel's at the top. Now, remember when they had come, they said, everyone's agreed on it. Everybody except Daniel had agreed upon that decree that was going to be made. Daniel was the part of it. And he, was, he was the top guy. They went around his back, brought this to Darius, and, and then Daniel gets wind of it. He sees it. He's, now, remember, he, he's one of the governors. He's one of the top dudes. He, he, don't, don't think that he didn't read it in detail. Don't think he didn't know what the consequences were for standing up for what he was, or kneeling down for what he believed in. How's that? Don't, don't, don't think that, that Daniel wasn't aware of the consequences that were going to come as a result of him opening up his window like he did every day. And that, what it tells me, not only was Daniel a man of prayer, but it tells me that Daniel was a man of the word. He knew, right? I, I'm going I'm to ask you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 6 with me. Check this out, 2 Chronicles chapter 6. It's probably what Daniel had read over and over and over again. Watch, watch 2 Chronicles chapter 6 verse 36. 
And when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to their enemy, and they take them captive to a land far or near, yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we've done wrong, we have committed wickedness. And when they return to you and all of their heart and with all of their soul in the land of their captivity, and when they have carried, then they have been carried captive, watch this, and pray toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and toward the temple which I have built in your name, then hear from heaven your dwelling, in your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, this was Solomon dedicating the temple, and he says, God, whenever man sins against you, and they're carrying captive, whenever Jerusalem's carrying captive, if they, if they face toward Jerusalem and they cry out to you, God, hear their prayer. And Daniel understood that, and he believed that, and he believed it so much so that he wasn't going to stop facing Jerusalem, and he wasn't going to do it with his curtain closed. He was going to do it as he's looking over the horizon, and he's looking toward Jerusalem, knowing that God is hearing his prayer. And so he did it just like he always did. He opened that window proud, knowing that God was watching and that God was listening. And he faced Jerusalem. And I like what he says, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Guys, he, he, he could have been saying, God, I know what's gonna happen now, help. That wasn't even his prayer. He was thanking God for even the opportunity to stand in the predicament that he was in. And God, I th guys, I, I think here it is, man. You and I need to be thankful, guys. We, we have been blessed beyond measure. And we've had a freedom in our country like no other. And we've, have, we've been prosperous more than so than any other country in this world. And I think what's happened is we become so prosperous that we become rotten, spoiled rotten. And we don't realize how blessed we are. And if for some moment in time, you and I got to go through some trial or persecution or, or, or we got to make some stand, man, you, you and I should be thankful that at least you have the opportunity. Whether it's at work or at home with your children, that you have the opportunity to make a stand and say, God, I, I, I'm going to do what you said. I want to know what your word says because what your word says is going to come to pass. And I want to make sure I'm standing on that. I love when Peter says, he says, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man of the flowers of the grass. The grass withers, the flowers falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. Man's comes and goes. Generations come and go. Nebuchadnezzar's come and go. There's going to be another election, and that, that's going to come and go. 
but there's one king that is always on the throne, and it's King Jesus. And he endures forever. And your loyalty, man, to him is what counts. And Daniel understood that. Daniel understood that, that the consequences that were coming his way because, and, 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 and you know, I, I think just understanding this, man, is that, is that you know what, if you're gonna live godly, then you're gonna suffer persecution. If you're gonna live godly, you are gonna suffer persecution. If you're gonna compromise, you can avoid persecution. But if you're gonna live godly, it's coming your way, man. And you have, to, you have to acknowledge that and be aware of that going into it, man, or else you will compromise. And Dan, Daniel, Daniel understood what, what, what the consequences were. He knew the writings that had been signed, and he, and he went ahead, he went home, he opened up the window, and he prayed, and it says he prayed three times that day, morning, you know, noon. And what this, he's not praying for lunch, okay? He's praying, man, on his knees, crying out to God. Daniel is going to see the fulfillment of the children of Israel going back to Jerusalem. And I, I believe much of it, man, just as God said 70 years would happen. And, you know, every, just like the scripture said, Daniel knew it was coming because, because everything that God said came to pass. Because the word of God abides forever. And then notice with me in, in verse in verse 11 now, and these men assembled and they found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and they spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, this thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. And so they answered and they said before the king, that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, check it out, was greatly displeased with himself. Wow. They said, hey, king, we got you. We got you, your, your favorite guy, Daniel, your boy the one you want to make head over, over, over everybody, we, we, just, we just got him trapped. And can you imagine the king at that moment, his heart just sunk? He knew, man, I just got played. Now, it's not a good idea to try to play the most powerful man in the world. It never turns out good. <laughs> These guys thought, man, we, did, we got rid of Daniel. You know, everything's going to be just fine and dandy. And, and Daniel's going to be gone, and, and we're going to be able to continue to, to, you know, to steal and cheat and lie and continue to connive and do everything we want to do. And Daniel's not going to be there to expose us anymore. And here's Mr. Goody Two-Shoe, and we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to have him out of the way now. And what's interesting is that all of a sudden the king hears it, and he goes, oh, man, I blew it. I blew it. I fell for the trap of pride. And, and he, he, was, he was well aware, right? Watch what it says in verse 14. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. The king's going, man, how do I get Daniel out of this predicament? Man, I put him in this predicament. How am I gonna get him out of this predicament? And it says all night long, he's trying to figure out some loophole. He's trying to figure out some, some way around it. And, and you know, whenever you're busted and you've done something that you know obviously was, was wrong, you know, that's just a horrible feeling. 
horrible feeling. And, and I can just imagine King Darius just sitting there going, man, I, you know, what, what do I do now? And I tell you, man, I, 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 I've had to counsel so many men who after the fact realize I just gave everything up for one night of pleasure. I gave everything up. I, I remember just be becoming a brand new Christian, uh, still in West Covina with, with Pastor Rawl. And I remember I was counseling. I was, I was kind of learning the ministry. And they, they said, I want you to counsel. And my, my second counseling appointment, a man comes in and, and he, he comes down and I said, what's going on, man? And he goes, let me tell you. My wife was pregnant. She couldn't have sex. I went one night with a prostitute and I got AIDS. I didn't know it. I had relations with my wife and now my wife has AIDS. And he was bawling in, my, in, in, in the counseling room, just bawling, knowing that if for his one night of pleasure, he cost his own life, his wife's life, and his brand new baby was gonna be without a mom or a dad. You see, I, I only imagine that, that Darius at this point is just going, what do I do now? And what's interesting is you, as you continue the story is that verse, verse 15 here, it says, and these, these men approached the king and they, they said to the king, no, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command. They brought Daniel, they cast him into the den of lions, and the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Amen. Guys, this was a pagan king, but he understood that Daniel served a mighty God. Somewhere along the line, Darius understood that Daniel's God was big enough to deliver him from lions. Now, that's powerful. That, that's, that's, that's the power of a testimony of someone who doesn't compromise his faith. Who's, who's worshipped by, by all, and yet he understood, man, there's, there's only one person that can save you, and that's going to be your God. He's the only one who's going to be able to deliver you from this. I, I, and I, and I love, love verse 17. He says, and the stone was brought in. They laid it on the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signet of his lords, and the purpose concerning Daniel might be changed, might not be changed there. Verse 18. And the king went into his palace and set and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him, and his sleep went from him. And the king arose very early in the morning. He went in haste to the den of lions, and when he came to the den, he cried out in lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the most high God, the living God, the servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? I, 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 I love the contrast here because you kind of, you know, you kind of get this picture. Here, here, here's Darius all night long. He's pacing. He says, don't bring me any musicians. You know, every night he would get lullabied to sleep. He goes, I don't want no musicians tonight. He stood up all night long. And then I picture Daniel. He's cuddling with lions. 
kind of got his arm over the line, kind of a good little pillow there. And then he comes early in the morning. He cries out, Daniel, Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? And I, and I, and I love Daniel's response. He says, oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I, have, I was found innocent before him. And also, O oh king, I have done no wrong before you. Wow. That, I mean, what, what a testimony, guys. You know, you look at this guy, and you, this guy's living it out. And his God, our God, was able to deliver him. Whatever circumstance you're facing today, man, can I tell you something? God's able to deliver you. I don't care how messed up it is. I don't care how many things you've destroyed in your own flesh, man. God can deliver you. And sometimes delivering you is... Is, is letting you go through the fire, letting you go through the trial so that you have to learn how to trust him. And I, and I, and I love that Daniel at this point, you know, is, is, is able to, to hold on to his integrity in spite of everything that he had faced. He was able to hold on to his integrity. The, the, the whole conference, men of character. Guys, that, that's all you have. That's all you have. Your integrity, your character. And what are you willing to compromise for it? A job? Success? Your kids, your wife, really? And, and what blows my mind is, is that, you know, at the end of this whole thing, guys, I, I want you to go here. Look at verse 23. And the king was exceedingly glad for him, and he commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, and no injury, whatever, was found on him because he believed in his God. And King Darius wrote, Actually, go to verse 24. I I almost skipped it. And the king gave the command. And they brought those men who had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions. Them and their children and their wives and their lions. The lions overpowered them, broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. What, 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 what irony. <laughs> I, I, I love that part. Oh, you guys. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I was the kid that said, get to the end, get to the end. They threw all those guys in there. Because, because here, here, here's, here's the deal. Josephus and other commentators say, what happened is that Daniel got thrown into the lions and they weren't hungry. 
And that's why Daniel, you know, spent the night with the lions. And then, well, if they weren't hungry, why did they eat all the rest of the dudes? And not only all of them, their wives and their children too. These are some hungry lions. <laughs> I guarantee you that. And I think for you and I, it's this picture, man, that you know what? The only thing that's going to last are those who put their confidence in God. And everything else, man, one day everything else, the evil of this world, the wrath of God is coming, and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna deal with things right. And I want to make sure that when, I, when, when it's all said and done that I'm found standing on his side. When it's all said and done, that, that no, it, no matter what man can do to me, no, no matter what this world can do to me, that when it's all said and done that I'm standing on the side where I'm saying, man, I'm with God. I'm on his team, I'm on his side, and I've lived my life and my integrity stands that this is, this is where I'm gonna be found. And I pray that for every one of you men, that you're standing on his side. And your life is meant to bring glory to God. That's your all, that's your purpose, that's why you're here, men. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're not on this earth just to, just to use oxygen, man. You're here to bring glory to God. That's why you exist. And sometimes bringing glory to God is, is going into the lion's den. It's making a stand when, when no one else is willing to make a stand. Sometimes it's going through difficult trials and tribulations and saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to waver no matter what happens in my life. First Peter chapter four, verse 14, it says this. It says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed. Check this out. But on your part, he is glorified. Blessed are you. Guys, I, 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 have, I have this pit in my stomach that we're in for some difficult days ahead where you're going to have to make a decision man am I going to stand for truth or am I going to compromise and, and it's already coming it's coming on the church it's coming on the church right, right now I, I can't remember what state it is like somewhere back east that, that I think it was Idaho that they're, they're putting a law that churches now have to have transgender bathrooms put in if they're going to be open to the public that they have to have a transgender bathroom put into their, into their church building or then, and the law that, you know, at, at some point it's going to be that you're going to have to, you know, uh, officiate over, home, uh, you know, same-sex marriages. You see, all, and, and, and at this point, that, that's when I go to jail. And then the next guy will come up. And then that's when he goes to jail. And then he'll just kind of, until everyone's gone. <laughs> because because here, here's the deal, man. I, I, I would rather be in agreement with God than be in agreement with our decrees and laws. And I, I've told our church, man, okay, the next in line, the assistant pastor, and then we'll go down to the next pastor and the next pastor, and then once all the pastors are gone, then it's on you guys. Because we're, we're, we're not compromising. And, 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 I, and I, I love that Daniel, man, that, that, he, that he really lays out a, a picture for us. And no, notice verse 25, and, and here's where we'll wrap it up. Look at verse 25. And King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion 
of my kingdom, men must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lion? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Guys, look, look, look at the end result. The end result. God glorified through Daniel's life. And it wasn't just, you know, in, 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 in the palace. Now a decree is being made to all the land that this Daniel's God is the living God. And I, I pray, man, that that would be the legacy that you would live and that you would leave for your children and for your grandchildren. They would know that dad served the living God and he was able to deliver them out of every trial and every tribulation. You see, it, it's, it's a whole different world, man. I, I, I just had a grandbaby, a year and a half old, and another one in a month. And, and, you, and you know what? Your world changes. You kind of see life differently. You see your kids, and you see them growing up, and you go, okay, they're, they're going to be fine. And then you realize there's another generation coming behind you. I remember grabbing my grandbaby for the first time and saying, God loves you. Look in that innocent little life, knowing what she's being brought into. A world that's, that's just been tainted and corrupted by men and sin. And a day doesn't go by that I'm praying for her and for my kids. I'm praying for the church that God would give us the fortitude to stand in the days we're living in. And I just, I just want to challenge you guys as men to make that stand. Maybe even this morning, man. You know what? You, you've, been, you've been in, God has been speaking to your heart, man, through Pastor Raul or Dale, even, this, even now. And you realize, man, I, I, I need to change course. Oh, I, I've known God, but I haven't been standing in the right place for my family. I, 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 haven't, I haven't been standing with integrity at work. I mean, I've been allowing things to come in, man, and to disqualify me from being used by God. And this morning, man, God is speaking to you and saying it's time to repent to get right. I'm going to ask right here, man, right now, if that's where you're at this morning, man, I want to pray with you. I'm just going to ask you as men just to be, be real, be honest. We're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to stand up, man, and I want to pray for you right now. Father, I just lift up these men. I lift them up, Lord. We're here today to do business with you, God. 
And God, I pray, Lord, to every one of these men that, that are aware that it's time to get real. It's time to stop playing games. It's, top, it's time to stop the compromise. That today would be the day that, God, you would wreck our world, that we would be transformed men. And Lord, as these men stand right now, Lord, they're acknowledging they need your power. Lord, in their flesh, they can do nothing, but with you, nothing's impossible. So God, would you fill them with your Holy Spirit? God, would you give them the courage to die to themselves? Give them the courage, God, to stand in the midst of opposition. God, I pray that, God, our community, the state, Lord, would never be the same. The workplace would never be the same, God, because you've empowered these men. We ask, God, for your Holy Spirit to fall on us, to work mightily, God, in our lives. We thank you so much, God, for all that you've done. Thank you for the cleansing that comes through Christ. And Lord, would you just wash us all right now by the power of your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.